Welcome back to the Woman Pray Podcast, where we're talking today about godly dating. I'm excited to share because my husband, Pastor Trevon, and I offered this lesson to our church, and there were so many blessed by it that we thought you would appreciate it too. Before we begin, I want to invite you to join the Woman Pray Prayer Carpool. All you have to do is sign up, and we have prayer leaders from all over the country who will pray with you and for you in the morning and in the evening. The link to sign up is in the bio, and I'm very sure you'll be blessed by the experience. I also want to encourage you to register for Woman Pray Mentoring. Life in Christ is not meant to be done alone, but if you're not careful, you'll struggle in ways that are unnecessary because you're without support, you're without midweek direction or just friendship. Every Christian should be discipled, and that's exactly why Woman Pray Mentoring exists. So register today for the Apprentice Cycle, and we'll begin in October. Lastly, mark your calendars for Day of Prayer, October 20th at Hope Cathedral. We'll be on-site as well as online, and you can pray for free, but your praying will be priceless. So go to womanpray.com to register today. And now, stay tuned for the lesson. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray. To the woman who's busy and just needs a change, pray. Pray, woman. Stop comparing yourself, pray. Stop grumbling, pray. Stop giving excuses, stop Counting yourself out, pray. Stop discounting God. It's time to pray. Welcome to the Woman Pray Podcast. So this morning, we're going to talk about... We're talking about godly dating. Amen. 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 Now, um... I guess we should say this just as a, as a, as a, a proviso. Uh, we, um, we got some good feedback after last week's message, uh, lesson number two, when we talked about uh, handling singleness. Um, and mostly it came from our kids. <laughs> um, saying how we, we didn't have context and um, things are different nowadays than they were 100 years ago when you and mom were we're dating and all of that kind of stuff. You know how these kids are, right? And I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I do recognize that because we have gotten away from the word, we have made life complicated and it did not need to be. Amen. So I brought out the gunslinger of the gospel to help us learn Godly dating. All righty. Praise so Let's get started. That we are talking to singles and married people during the series. Um, and when we think about singles and married people, we're talking about people who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I think that's the first context that we're not talking to unbelievers or even non church people, people or unchurched people or just, just people who are just outside of wanting to fulfill God's plan for their lives. We're talking to Christians. 
And so when, as talking, when you think about, okay, I am a Christian, if I am not living in these ways that we're talking about, then that means I must raise my level as opposed to um, stay where I am and justify bad behavior. And so when you think of, of yourself as a follower of Jesus Christ, it is beyond some abstract sense of I'm a Christian and I have a title. No, I am following Jesus Christ in what it means to yield my flesh to the will of God. That's the first thing. And so we have plenty of scriptures. Galatians would say that we walk in the spirit so that we don't gratify the lusts of our flesh. So be clear, the flesh is real. It doesn't matter how holy you think you are. It doesn't matter how long you think you've been in church. It doesn't even matter if you think you've set this great resolve. I would never do that. I would never. I talk to students all the time. And the reality is sometimes our never is because we don't have an opportunity. But the moment an opportunity presents itself, never is out of the door. So you can never take the flesh for granted. You must always supervise the flesh, always be ready to manage the flesh. Thank you, Kevin. Amen. Amen. If I look at Galatians 5.24, he says, We crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucify means I put it on the cross. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It just means I don't get to engage it. I don't get to indulge it. I have crucified it. If I look at 1 John chapter 2, it should be on the screen. He talks about loving the Lord with all your heart and not to love the world. If I love the world, then I am an enemy of God. And so I can come in here and I can sing songs all day long. But if I'm allowing my flesh to dictate the decisions in my life, then I am loving the world. And I don't care how long you've been in church, right? That's what you call a carnal Christian or people who assume themselves to be something, but in the end, they'll be sadly mistaken because Jesus has not been made Lord of your life. So that's why we don't mind teaching in this church because we don't expect anybody to be lost. Anybody, because you've heard the truth. If I look at 2 Timothy, he says in chapter 2, verse 22, flee youthful lust. Flee it. If we look at 1 Corinthians, he says, put away childish ways that we may love as Christ loved. And so, yes, there may have been a time when we engaged the flesh. There may have been a time when we were all about the flesh. But at some point, you must choose to grow. So that's not, a, that's not a, what I think happens is sometimes we expect God to do something when in fact he's put it on our plate to do. So he says to us, grow up. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just going to be automatically taken away from you. Flesh is still going to feel it. So you have to make conscious decisions about what you're going to do. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this session is for the Christian man and woman who has begun dating someone. You've already started dating, and now you want to ensure that you are not looking through rose-colored glasses. That's when you're expecting that person to be everything that's all in your heart's desire. Woo! He's going to do everything, everything, everything. He cannot do everything because he is not God. 
So you're looking through rose-colored glasses, assuming that he's going to be God and he can't be it. Or you as a male are looking at this female as if she's going to be everything that you expected her to be. And she cannot do that because she herself is imperfect. Right. So that's for the Christian who's looking through rose colored glasses, so smitten that you can't see the warning signs. And there are warning signs, just like we say the Amber Alert. There are warning signs. And sadly, what happens is people who are married, they don't tell the singles what the warning signs are. They just tell you, oh, you look so cute together. And they just let you run on. <laughs> But and, see, and this is any age. This is not just oh yeah, teenagers age. or whatever else. If you're on the dating market, uh, you know, for whatever reason, right now, I don't care if you're 100 years old, um, there, are, there are warning signs. Absolutely. And you need to know them so that you don't make a mistake. Absolutely. But it's also for the, the Christian male or woman where you, who has, is dating, and now you're so paranoid by your past that you're not able to see that you've got a good thing in front of you. And you are willing to let that good thing go because of some experience that happened 20 years ago. You've got to be able to see yourself cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're dating a Christian person, that they too are washed in the blood of Jesus. So you cannot judge a person based on the past if we're going to be Christians. People got stuff in the past. That, that cannot be erased. But when they are a true believer, well, not, that, that may not be a warning sign. That means that they have been changed. They are, they are renewed in Christ. And the goal is that we're all now growing in grace and knowledge. Amen? Amen. And so the first thing that I wanted to present is strategy. Mm -hmm. Strategy. That when you're dating, there is a strategy. So we're looking at Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter... Shall I not seek security for you? Strategy. That it may be well with you. Okay, can, we, can we just pause right there? Because yes, there's a key word that, that was said. And it was security. Mm-hmm. That's good. Security. Her mother-in-law wanted to make sure that she had security. So when you are going into the the godly dating scene, if you, if you are seeing very immature, inconsistent, unstable actions, or even speech from the person you're with, they are all, already disqualified because they, you cannot get security from a double-minded person. And you are just wasting your time if you think, oh, I'm gonna change them, I'm gonna change them. Can no. not change a person. And if you think marrying somebody or dating somebody is so that you can change them, you are going to be frustrated. People change when they want to change. But it has to be self-motivated and self-oriented. It cannot be other-oriented because it will bring nothing but additional frustration on the relationship. So she wanted her to have security and that's what and that's and that's what we all need is a sense of security that I can trust this person with my life and um, 
you don't see much of that because we're looking at a lot, particularly today, we're looking at a lot of, um, of uh, superficial things. Oh, he looks cute. Oh, he drives a nice car. Oh, he has a nice job. Yeah. That does not mean you get security. Right. I remember meeting a, a couple, just the female side, and he had it. Uh, he was a wealthy person, but he was still stingy. So she didn't have it. They went on a trip and he said, well, how are you going to get your money? So don't assume yep. just... Yep, that's okay, right. that's self... That's right. That's obvious, right? Yeah. And you have to be discerning of these things. That's why you can't you know, just, just you know, go with the butterflies and, oh, he's so cute. And, uh, mm -mm. No. Listen, oh, that's nice on a superficial level. But when you're trying to live life, that stuff is meaningless. Amen. You know? Now, now, I, you know, granted, we got married in a different age. In fact, next Sunday will be our 29th uh, wedding anniversary. So we got married a long time ago, all right? Um, we got married young. So, you know, I was in seminary, and I was broke as Job's turkey. Um, but Quinn saw potential in me. Okay. Now I understand. Now in the dating age, you can't date potential. Everybody, but I see everybody has potential when you're young. You're young. Now, now when you're, if you're older, 35. Yeah, you. You ought to. You ought to have more than potential. More you ought to have some. But, some manifestation. Exactly. When you're in your 20s, that's all potential. Hey, yeah. your 20s, you're marrying potential. You get well, to your 40s. Well, it should be potential. It should be potential. Well, it should be. But like you saw that I was in school, yeah. that I was working, that I was responsible, um, that I, you know, had an apartment and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you ain't seen no, you know. He's working. Check. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was potential, but it was based in something. It wasn't just blind faith and potential. Right. It was that she saw me doing the building a foundation for what would be a, a, a better life. Amen. You know, but if you're 35, 40, and you're still you know, trying to build potential, that's a little rough right there. It's a there. little warning. It's you a know? little warning to understand what the vision is. Right. What is the vision for your life? And those are the kind of questions that you should have on the date. That, you know, um, I, I used to like those, that little show, The Bachelor, because they just asked, oh, that's so cute. But every time they went on a date, all they're doing is just physical stuff. Mm -hmm. And I said, that, that is no way to start a relationship if it's going to have any meat. And so if you are dating someone and it's just about touching and feeling and kissing and all that, it's empty. You have not met the person. You don't know who that person is. Dating is when we actually lift the covers up and see who is this person that I have an attraction to. Absolutely. Who is the person? I, I can look at a car all day long, but I think guys lift up the hood. If they're talking about like those old cars, lift up the hood. Let's hear does it have any rev in it? Like what's under here? And then be honest, this car is empty. This car looks good on the outside, but under the hood? You got four cylinders. It's not going to take you anywhere. It can't go. It's not going anywhere. So I have to be honest with myself and don't waste my time. And you don't have to be mean in order to decide that I don't want to waste my time here. This is not going to work for me.
And that's both ways. You look at the female, and she looks good on the outside, but she has nothing on the inside except just selfishness. That's empty. That's empty. And here's the thing. As Christian people, we're supposed to be getting rid of selfish ways, selfish uh, self-seeking and selfish ambition. So if you lift it up and, yeah, they kind of focus on themselves. All they talk about is themselves and me, me, and more me, and me, and me, and I, and I. That's a warning sign. I don't care what their name is. That is a warning sign. They ought to be able to talk about something more than me. That's right. Amen. Okay, so verse 2 says, Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley uh, tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he's finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go in, uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do next. Mm. Well, I appreciate the practicality of Naomi uh, giving Ruth a plan of action. And I think too often, uh, young ladies or young men, you're not allowing the older person to give you a plan of action. Say it again. You are running, your, you're running it like whatever the world is telling you, and you're assuming that the world is giving you right direction. But you've got wisdom in the house, even if they aggravate you, get on your last nerve. You've got wisdom all around you, and it's important for you to tap into the wisdom that's right there in front of you. There are so many people that are missing out on a perfect candidate because they're not willing to listen to someone older, someone who's able to say, no, no, I, I see a real candidate here, a real potential. And you busy looking over like, eh, I don't eh. No. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. need to stop and really listen because they are seeing something. They have looked under the hood because they know what they're looking at now. They have finished looking on the outside, so they are looking beyond the exterior, and they're able to give you something so you don't have to live with trauma later. Amen. And, and every, listen, every young generation, for some reason, thinks they know more yeah. than the older generation. Amen. All right, you know, when we were kids, we thought we knew more than our parents, but the truth of the matter is we didn't. Amen. And there are a lot of uh, pit, uh, pitfalls that we could have missed if we had just listened, Amen. you know, um, and, and listen, even if your parents are, are divorced or separated, it would still be good to go and sit and listen. What, what caused you all to get married in the first place? You know, what did you see in each other? What caused you to break up? Get that wisdom so that it will help you understand what you're looking for, you know, um, but, and if your parents, of course, are together, still ask them because there's wisdom you can gain. And, and don't think that your friends have all the wisdom. Well, you go down, what do you think about them? What do you think about them? Well, I don't like this. Well, I don't like that. Okay, well, I'm not going to deal with them. You've you got to realize some of your friends are your competitors. Mm -hmm. So they don't want you with him because they want to be with him. And all they have to do is get you out of the way. So... Your friends, they may, they may be a nice data point, 
but you need some real wisdom. You need to go to auntie and uncle and grandpa if he's around and, and, and parents and, and just get wisdom. Just let, them be or let, let, let him or her be around them a little bit and then get their feedback because they've seen some things. Exactly. It says in Proverbs, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I think so often uh, we leave it to that alone as the way that you're going to be found, ladies. But I, I hope what you're hearing in this story is also the wisdom that says you see someone that you like. It doesn't mean that you have to be provocative. But you can, and it doesn't have to mean that you have to be uh, too, too, because guys don't like people who are too, what's the word? Um, pushy. Too pushy. Don't, you don't have to initiate. Too guys forward. don't want you to be too it forward, right? But you can make yourself known. Like, there's nothing, especially when you're older. Like, now, 20s, I know you, you play the cat and mouse thing. But when you're a little older, you don't have to play cat and mouse. You, it's a, in other words, it's like, go slow, but hurry up. You get it? Like, you get into a certain age, that's when you just need to be candid. You need to be able to communicate. I am interested in marriage. And if the person is also interested in marriage, then let's see if this is going somewhere. We don't have to play cat and mouse. Come on, ladies. Don't play cat and mouse after, after 26. Is that good? 27? I don't, I don't think I don't like cat and mouse. I, I'm well, a, I'm a I think there is person. a flirtation thing there. Like I like fine, you, you like me. Eh, let's see going if he back calls and forth, me. Back and forth. That's cute. But at some point, you have to be able to just call it to say, "This is what I am looking for." Y'all gonna leave me out here? Y'all look at me. This is what I'm looking for, and I just need to understand what's on your mind. Right. And if they say that, yeah, I'm still, I'm still just kind of checking it out. I, I'm not really ready to commit. Now you can move on. You just move on. And if they are, if you get, if you catch their eye, male or female, then they might decide, they might change their mind because they might say, wait a minute, she, she or he left too fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you just need to be able to call it. I, I'm not here to play games. I'm not right. romping. I'm not a toy. You're not gonna play with me. That's. Yeah. I'm good. I'm yeah. going on with the next. Now, this is going to be controversial. This is going to be controversial, but a man knows what he wants and what he does not want. Okay? Amen. So, if you all are dating and you are beyond year three. Oh, that's too long. He don't want you. Yeah, three years. You're just, you just a placeholder for the one he's waiting for. No. Because I, I, I saw you on a Sunday night by Saturday. Well, really, by Sunday night, I, was, I knew you were going to be my wife. But by, we went on our first date that Saturday. And then within 18 months, we were married. Yeah. See? That was fast. But here's the thing. That wasn't fast. It was fast. It wasn't fast. It was fast. But here's the thing. It doesn't mean that you have to get married, but you should let your intentions be known. No, right? no. Y'all be doing this five year, seven year, nine year. That's what I'm saying. In that year. five years, you should be saying, no, I expect to marry you. 
Like it's not a, like we just dating ad infinitum and nobody's communicating. You should be able to communicate. I expect you to be my wife. No, I'm thinking you're gonna be my husband. There's no question about this. And now we're working towards what it looks like to be married if okay. it's a two year deal. That's fine, but it don't need to be no long. I mean, I granted there are you know, professional degrees and stuff like that. Yeah. I get that with, where there may be a delay, but you know, you all have finished college and y'all still just dating, 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 dating. It's like, for what? What are you dating for? I mean, what, what else? Come on now, just come on. Get, get started. My God. And y'all know I'm right, too. And, don't, and you know, cause, because ladies, don't let, don't let yourself be strung along. Yeah. I, you know, I think that you ought to ask up front. You know, I don't care what age you are. I think you ought to ask up front, what are your intentions? Now, when, we, when there was a more family-centered dating scene, usually that's what the father would ask. What are your intentions? You know, well, I'm, I'm looking for a wife. Okay. All right, I understand your intentions. Now, if he is looking for friends with benefits, that's a whole different thing. But, and, but what ends up happening, young ladies in particular, is you demean yourself and just become a friend with benefits. You're giving yourself away, and he can just walk away. And you sitting there crying, writing in your journal about how you were mistreated and how all men are dogs. And I think men at this time, they're also being used by people. You, you cannot allow yourself to be used by people, especially if you are choosing to go outside of the body of Christ. If you're dating someone and they are not a Christian, you need to be very clear. What is, what's at work here? I need to understand. Um, and so when I think about dating, you really are looking to know history. What is it about this person? Who is this person that you're marrying? You wanna hear a person's perspective when it comes to their goals, their dreams. You wanna see where, like here, are they submitted at work? Are they? Like if every time they change jobs just like this over and over again, what is the problem exactly? What is the problem? Because people should be able to submit to rules. And if you got one who's not willing to submit to rules, I promise you, you're gonna have a frustrated marriage. Very frustrated. All right, so you're listening. You're listening to hear, is divorce in the family line? Do, how do you love? What does love look like for you? Do you want children? Do, what kind of experiences have you had? You want to know the good and the bad. And I'll even say you want to know the ugly. You want to know it all. You want to observe how is a person acting around other people? Are they insecure around people? Are they acting like they don't want you to talk to anybody else? This is a fellowship. You know I came with you. Why are you acting like... We're not together and you need to be insecure. Mm -hmm. You need to know, like, how, let's, go, let's go to a fellowship. Don't just always be just the two of you. Let's go around other people. You need to see how do they act when we're around people. You got the girl, you thinking she's with you, and then as soon as you get in other spaces and she's flirting with everybody in the room. You need to know what's going on with this person. What are these insecurities that I'm seeing, and why are they, and do I want to deal with that? Do I want to invite this into my life? Because that's what, exactly what you're doing. Your folly is getting ready to be my folly. Do I want your kind of folly in my life? 
So that's real. And then uh, you want to see them if they're happy, if they're angry. You want to see how they act when they're sad. Do they stay sad forever? Like how long you going to stay sad? This is just too much. Like you, you were sad on Monday. You still sad. It's Friday. That was two weeks ago. You still holding on to something that happened four weeks ago? I'm telling you, if they holding on to that stuff, you get married to them, you do one little thing. They'll hold on to it for six months to a year. And sometimes married and will never let it go. And you trying to figure out, oh, my God, I said I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. It's never good enough. That's warning. That's warning. If you want to save yourself, save yourself. You want to be conscious of how they make you feel. Do they make you feel secure? Do they respect you? Do you feel respected in this relationship? Both men and women want to be respected. If you're talking and they just discount everything that you're saying or they're not paying attention, I promise you, if they're not paying attention when you're dating, <laughs> when you get married, they really are not paying attention to a thing that you have to say. Are you feeling celebrated? Do you feel intimidated? Do you feel like you always have to apologize in this thing? Every time you look up, you're saying sorry about something. If you're always saying sorry, that's not the one. Because you're just not measuring up. If every time you come out, they're telling you how you need to change that and you should look do this and you should do that, you will never be good enough for them. We're talking real stuff, right? Amen. Right. Amen. And depending upon what you have on your list, that's how you can determine if number two you have a deal or you have a deal break. You have a deal or you have a deal break. And so we're looking at Genesis 11. It says, uh, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. This is when the people were building the Tower of Babylon or ba uh, Babel. 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 And the, I mean, the context is negative, but the principle is true. That if these two people are in agreement, then nothing they imagine to do will be impossible for them. And so when you're dating, you're putting your best foot forward, your best self forward. And, um, but when dating is over, you're going back to your comfortable state. Okay, so everybody's putting their best foot forward when you're dating. But once the dating period is over and you figure we're engaged and we're headed towards marriage, people start sliding back to what's comfortable for them. Okay, so you have to decide if this comfort spot is a deal or a deal break. And it does not mean that because you see real, real stuff that it's a deal break. Like you have to know, like, okay, this person... What is it? This person, every time we go to the movie, they fall asleep. I don't know that that's a deal break, right? Like, let's, let's be uh, That's a little too close to home, ain't it? No, you the one like movies. Yeah, but in the early days, I would fall asleep in that movie. You don't remember that? Well, that's why we're married. It wasn't your a business, deal break. They put your business out in the street. Put your fall business out in the street. In the movie. Like, what I would, I'd be there. <laughs> oh, that was a good movie. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't see that. But here's the thing, That's, that was not a deal break, but if you meet someone and you expect, you haven't really communicated, but in your mind you're like, oh yes, we're gonna have a big family, a big family, a big family, and you haven't communicated, that's a problem because after the fact, if you communicate and say this is uh, maybe 
marriage too, because we're talking about real world. So you meet somebody and, and they already have children. Their children are grown. And you thinking, well, I haven't had any. I'm going to have three or four kids. You need to hear if they say, no, I don't plan on having any more children. Don't assume. Do not assume in that dating experience. You need to answer these questions sooner. Do you want more children? And if they say no, well, that might be your deal break. And you cannot allow yourself to live in fear that no one else will come if you let them go. Let them go. Right, right. That's not yours. He belongs to someone else. She belongs to someone else. If she says she never wants children, you're not going to talk her into that. Right, right. Don't right. try. Don't, you don't even need to try to talk her into that. Well, you don't want any children. Yeah, I raised kids. My, my mama and my aunts, they all brought their children. I always had to babysit. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever have children. You're not going to convince her. Right. So save your own heart, save your own frustration, and say, okay, she is not for me. And save her, too, because, yeah. you know, you get uh, involved with each other and you start falling in love and attachments. And then you go on this road for a year and then you say, no, nah, I just can't. I, I, if, you, if you're not going to have children. Well, she, you knew that up front. Exactly. So don't waste right your now, time. So, so this deal or deal break is predicated on you actually having a list of what you expect in your relationship. You have, to, you, have to, you have to know what you're looking for because you'll never know that you found it if you don't know what you're looking for. Exactly. And that's one sure way to mess up. He says he will never move to the West Coast. You're open. You get a job opportunity, you're ready to move. And he tells you straight up, I told you I was never leaving. I was never going to the West Coast. Now you stop. Save yourself sooner than later. Amen. That's so you're right. never willing to move? You just going to stay? No, my people are here, and this is where I plan on living and dying. All right, well, that's good information. So that's information for you to decide. Is this a deal or is this a deal break? Nobody can decide that for you. That's something you alone can decide. So there's no point in you coming to get counseling. Well, he said that he's never going to move. What, what is there to talk about? Right. I right. can't talk him in. We can't talk him into if he said he doesn't want to move. Right, right. Okay. But have you a list? Yeah. Quinn had a list. I mean, I thought it was kind of weird when she talked about it, but because um, I'd never known anybody to do that. But, uh, well, first off, I, that's why she's taking the lead on dating, godly dating, because I was um, pretty much a nerd, and um, I didn't really have much dating experience going on. So, um, But I didn't mind the nerd, and I'll tell you why. Because my, um, my, <laughs> he said it right. I didn't say it. Did he say it? But I thought you were going to come and say, oh, honey, you're not a nerd. <laughs> oh, I like a nerd. What? What? Because <laughs> history, remember, you're marrying history. And my history, my, my mother's side of the family, they were good looking men. And they were slicksters. Silk socks, silk shirt, slicksters. I watched my cousins. I watched them with how they did those ladies. <laughs> I said, oh no, I don't want, I love my cousins, but I don't want no husband like them. <laughs> so you see, history came. So he wasn't silk, silk shirt, silk uh, socks, but I said, well, he looks stable. 
I'm trying to find a compliment in there somewhere. Stable. That's what we started. People look for security. I saw my cousin leave that girl at the altar. I said, oh, Jesus. where is he? <laughs> She's standing up there and they waiting. I said, mm. no, that's never going to happen to me. I need stable. <laughs> All right, ladies, I'm trying to help you. You're talking about you want that bad boy. Please, until you got to deal with bad boy behavior. Mm -hmm. Oof. All right, so be honest. <laughs> And if you're honest, then you can save yourself a lot of heartbreak as well as frustration. Right, right. Um, and I think it's important to say, even at this time, that honest is also, do you take medicine? We're living in a day where people throw medicine at everything. I mean, anything and everything. And before you know it, a person is stuck. It doesn't mean it's their fault, but they are on medication. And you really do need to know that. Do you take medicine? What do you take medicine for? What happens when you take this medicine? What happens if you stop taking medicine? You need to know these things because you have to decide if it's a deal break. And if you're dating someone and you're the one taking the medicine, it is not fair for you to lead them into a relationship assuming that you don't take any medicine like you are. This is your true self. That's unfair to them. It is a lie. You need to give a person up an opportunity to choose you. Not they stuck with you. You want them to choose you even if you take the medicine. That's good. So be honest. Right. That's good. You don't want to uh, reveal that information the day after you're married. No, it's not fair. Right. That's not fair to the, the person. You ought to be true and say, listen, um, you know, I'm on this medicine because I have this condition, whatever else. Let, let them fall in love with all of you. Don't try to keep it hidden and then reveal it um, after you're married, because that's almost like a betrayal. It really is. But if I can also get a little messy before we close up, yeah, yeah. is um, that also means, because we have such a very uh, active uh, cosmetic industry in this country, <laughs> at some point you need to let him know what you really look like. I have a little embellishment here. Maybe these are not quite my eyelashes. Yeah, Maybe. but you got, you know, because I, I saw on, on uh, social media, um, they, this woman, she's bald-headed, uh, eyes going in two different directions, um, teeth all jagged up, and then they just started putting makeup on her and whatever else, and she looked like a gorgeous woman. And I said, man, if, if she don't tell somebody what she really looked like, that's going to be a mess on their wedding night. So don't let your wedding night be the first time your, your boyfriend sees you for who you really are. Amen. You come to the, the church fling and then you get a chance to see people sweat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. The third point was listening. So I think to close up um, part two is Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If you all can be a, in agreement 
nothing will be impossible to Amen. you as a couple. You can do whatever's on your list of, of desires, whatever your goals are, your dreams, you're able to go together and you're able to go without a lot of um, hedging. Have you ever seen a person drive with the gas and the brake? I've ridden with somebody like that. I'm looking at them like, are you kidding me? Like, what, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. All right, so the last point, do we have time? Listening to God. Matthew, th Matthew 8 is listening to God. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And I think the same is true that when you have, when you're dating someone, you need to be able to ask the same question. If John could ask that about Jesus, it means he had a little bit of question mark. It was a little questionable. Like I'm here, I'm getting ready to suffer. I'm here in prison. I just need to make sure, Jesus, are you the one or is there another? And you need to be able to look at the person that you're dating and say, are you the one? Like, let's just be candid. Are you the one or are you really playing with me? Because in the end, I don't want to play games. Jesus answered and said, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. My point is there should be fruit. There should be something you can see. You can love God and when dating, fall for a counterfeit if you're not careful. Fall for the wrong one and still be innocent. So it's important to be sober when you're dating. Um, don't get so excited by the attention, so distracted by a change in your life that you then lower your standards and you're not seeing what it is that you were believing God for. He said he loves God, but you got to always ask him, hey, you want to go to church? You're seeing something right there. That's just not his, his way to go to church. You shouldn't have to ask him. You, you should be saying, oh, what time? Did you already leave? I thought you were, oh, okay, well, what time are you going to go? What? I mean, there should be fruit when a person says that they are who they are. You don't have to wonder. If a, if a person likes to sleep all the time, you don't have to ask them, are they going to take a nap? Like, you know that. So there should be fruit is my point. When you're desperate, it's easy to move forward knowing that the person is not for you, but because of su superficial reasons. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I've just invested too much time and too much money, or there's a fear of being alone or a fear of unfulfilled dreams, or I need them. Then you're willing to compromise your integrity. You're willing to compromise your convictions as well as compromise yourself. Or you may stall. And so if you're desperate um, to move forward knowing that the person is not the one for you, uh, but yet you can also stall it knowing that you have the right one, but because of past experiences or fear of failure or an expectation of perfection, then you just start taking the person for granted. And so hopefully that was a blessing to you that when you're dating, you wanna ask God to lead you and guide you. You want him, you want the father to speak to you. You need him to speak to you. And when he speaks, you want to listen, okay? Everybody outside can tell you you are cute together. Oh, you all look like you got a good thing going. But if you hear God say something's not right, you need to, you need to press in and say, okay, you know what, maybe I need to go on a fast. 
Maybe I need to go on a fast and pray so that whatever's hidden will be exposed. Amen. But believe God. He knows the end from the beginning, and he's, he loves you with an everlasting love. He doesn't want you to get into a situation where you're hurt and every day calling on him as if he did this to you. And why did this happen to me? Don't, don't set yourself up for that. I do believe that two can be one, become one flesh. It is work, but the Father leads you and guides you so that your work doesn't have to be so hard. Amen. Amen. And you know, um, Quinn titled this Godly Dating. And I don't want to miss that godly part by just saying it is a faith process. You can get exactly what you want because God is able to do it. You don't have to compromise, okay, I can't, okay, well, I can't do that, okay. I go. Listen, that, you're going to start off in a deficit. Start with that list of what you believe you want. Now, don't, don't just throw down little superficial, silly stuff, but spend some time with God to really determine what are the things I must have so I can be the person God has created me to be. And once you have that list, don't compromise. Unless God somehow says to you, I know you want that, but that's really not important. You need this. And if I can add this, if someone comes to you and says, what do you think about this person? Do you think that I should pursue them? That's not the time to lie to a person. Yes, say That's it again. not the time to just say, well, if you like them, they're good. You know how we just don't want to we That's called fear of man. We want the person to like us, so we'll just say whatever we think they want to hear. That's not the time. It doesn't mean you got to give an itemized list. Yeah, this and this and this. And. No, that's not what you mean you want to do. But you do want to say, I think you should tread cautiously. I think you should slow down. I mean, you need to say something. Don't just watch them walk off the cliff. Right? Say Amen. something. Don't Amen. say, oh, you're so cute together. Right. Amen. Yeah, so like it really that. takes a, re a relationship with God. You can't have godly dating without God being at the center of it. Amen? Amen. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Thank you so much for joining the Woman Pray podcast. I hope that blessed you and I look forward to seeing you again next week.